plates ready? This is Food School, Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. Want to feel amazing, love the way you look in the mirror, and perform your absolute best in the gym, at work, and in, be- well, in life? You're definitely in the right place. Food. It's you. It builds every single cell of you. And if there is one thing every human being must master, it's food. Because at the very least, eating, you do it every day, several times a day, every single day. You might as well get good at it. I'm your host, Angela Sharina from Create Yourself Dead Today, your personal nutritionist and plate watcher, your diet guide and explorer, your fat loss coach and food inspector, and just someone with a lot, a lot of passion and obsession and curiosity for healthy food, healthy diets, nutrition, optimized human performance, everything and absolutely anything you put in your grocery shopping cart, your fridge, on your plate, and in your mouth. It's my business. Food School, on a mission to help you eat better daily. It's the last time I talk about food. It's the last time I talk about food. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. Are you getting smarter, stronger, leaner already? I hope yes. But most importantly, no matter what you learn here, guys, unless you do something about it, you're not going to get smarter, stronger, or leaner. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is that is just potential power, and you get to activate that potential power by acting upon it. So act, take massive actions, and even the smallest knowledge that you take action upon will bring you amazing results. Today, we will continue our conversation about genetics and genetic testing. And today, we will talk about exercise and athletic performance and what genetic testing can do for you. Well, guys, Especially if you are not planning to become an Olympic level athlete, genetic testing will probably not tell you a lot about your potential. No matter what kind of sports you do as non-professional athlete, you can develop, you can get better. Uh, again, no matter what you want to do, no matter where you start, uh, no matter what prior exercise experience you have, no matter what genes you have, you can improve in almost any sport. And if you want to look more like a bodybuilder, then obviously you should start training some muscles with some weights. If you want to look more like a crossfitter and you want to be able to do all these different kinds of strengths and endurance and speed movements, then you probably should do some crossfit. If you want to look more like a dancer or yoga teacher, then you should probably do more yoga yoga uh, and ballet and dancing. All sports make you into a particular type of athlete. It's uh, not a coincidence, guys, that people who do a lot of long distance running compared to sprinters who do a lot of short distance running, they look completely different. Sprinters being muscular, being bigger, being uh, more robust, more thicker looking, whereas um, endurance athletes and people who run a lot professionally, they usually are pretty uh, thin, 
pretty lean and always look smaller and lighter because it just for, for the body it is easier to run a long distance when you have less weight and less muscles and you don't have to use as much fuel or as much oxygen so if you want to have a particular kind of sp- physique uh, that is particular physique for certain kind of sports or athletic performance, then do most more of that sport. Uh, there is no, um, again, unless you want to become a professional athlete, and that decision probably should have been made um, a long time ago. Or if you want to become, you know, an Olympic level athlete, that too probably should have happened early in your life. Um, and not so much because of genetics, guys, but mostly because when we are kids, when we are children, that's when our genes get the most powerful powerful signal to develop certain way. What do I mean by that? For example, if you were a kid and let's say you're five, six years old, you know, even earlier, very often for professional athletes. Uh, for example, Sharapova, Maria Sharapova started training, I believe, when she was five or or six, uh, you know, Mozart also started playing piano. Um, I don't know. I think it's like was four or five. Uh, and the thing is, when you so when you're so um, young, your genes have the most potential to develop a certain way uh, under the influence of certain environment and certain practices. So it's not that Mozart had a lot of talent, necessarily genetic talent, or it's not that Maria Sharapova had a lot of genetic talent to become the best, one of the best tennis players. It just since very early uh, age in their life, they were dedicating, uh, usually because of their parents and their environment, a lot of times to practicing this particular sport or this particular, in the uh, case of Mozart, this particular thing. And that's why their genetics, their abilities, all their being developed in a certain way that is best suited for uh that particular sport, for example, tennis. And uh, if you didn't, if you don't know, for example, autobiography of Maria Sharapova, as a kid, she was pretty uh, small and not really tennis player. She didn't really have that tennis kind of tennis player kind of physique. But as she played more and more tennis, and as she imagined herself growing uh, uh, and becoming taller to uh, be able to run faster, to be able to reach that ball better. Um, Who knows because of what, but she grew and she's pretty tall girl. You know, I met her once in New York City uh, and got to stand um, on the side. And yeah, she she's tall. But she, uh, as a kid, she wasn't that tall. Maybe, you know, her sport, her determination, her vision for herself helped her genes to develop that way. Uh, but again, most importantly, Olympic level athletes, professional athletes, usually they start playing and practicing sport, at least some kind of sport, not necessarily the same kind of sport that they get proficient at, but some sort of athletics early in the childhood. Because uh, when we are young, our body has the potential to develop abilities to withstand a lot of training, a lot of um, workout load, and to recover faster, to develop better joints, better uh, connective tissue, to develop better ability to recover and to restore that collagen and uh, uh, other tissues. And 
if you don't, if you didn't train when you were young, uh, you probably and you start training when you were thirty or even in your twenty in your twenties, you're not going to have the same potential as someone who uh, started training when they were really young. Uh, for example, I started training really young. My father uh, used to uh, teach physical training at school. Now he started that again, uh, and then he used to work. Um, with uh, athletes and um, was um, oh, what is like f- uh, I forgot, but with people in the military. So uh, and he started training me uh, not hardcore training, but I was exercising almost, exercising almost every single day, and that's why I believe right now I am so much better at recovering and running and doing all kinds of training and just being better in general with recovery and not having a lot of injuries. The only um, serious injuries I had in my life were uh, when I had motorbike accident and I broke my shoulder blade and six ribs and I couldn't walk and I couldn't even, you know, I I couldn't even think about running. (laughs) When I was trying to do a few squats right after my, right after I uh, was able to walk, uh, I couldn't even breathe normally. I was out of breath really fast. Now I'm starting uh, running again. Uh, I used to be a long distance runner. Uh, well, I trained myself to run long distance because when I was young, I was more of a sprinter. But long story short, uh, because I started training so young, now I have my body is used to uh, a lot of workout loads, uh, a lot of training, and I recover much faster with almost no injuries or no uh, influence on, on my uh, mental performance and performance in other areas of my life. Whereas if you compare someone who uh, started training uh, in the gym or doing, you know, whatever in their 30s, it's not ever going to be the same. And it has, uh, it it doesn't have a lot to do with the genetics that you got when you were born, but with the lifestyle you had as a kid. And that's uh, why it seems that, you know, a lot of professional athletes, they just inhumanly different from all of us. But again, it's not because they had certain genes, it's because the environment shaped their genetic material in the way so they can perform the way we see them performing at top world-class level. And of course, for example, if you want to become a world-class NBA basketball player and you're not super huge and tall, probably not going to happen for you. And that's that's genetic. But also, who knows, maybe because they start training that early, maybe they had in mind that picture that I want to grow stronger and taller and their genes expressed were expressed in that way. So they got so tall. Uh, we don't really know. And we know now more than 200 genes that affect our athletic performance and our recovery in one way or the other. You know, we might have predisposition to develop more certain uh, muscle tissue type that is uh, common among strength athlete or endurance athletes. We might have certain capacity, a certain VO2 max capacity, basically the capacity for our body to use a certain amount of oxygen per unit of time. And, uh, and uh, scientists think that 40-50% of our ability to use uh, 
certain amount of oxygen when we train and oxygen is crucial to our athletic performance. So scientists argue that 40-50% of it's genetic, but, but again, uh, they are not really sure what combination of genes creates the perfect outcome when it comes to VO2 max or maximum oxygen uptake. And uh, we also might have different capacity based on the mitochondria that we get from our uh, moms in our genetic lines. Uh, we might have, again, different capacity to restore our collagen tissue in our joints and in our connective tissue, and so many other things might be affected uh, on genetic level and give us certain potential to be better or uh, not so good at certain sports. But again, the science is too young to tell you exactly how it's all going to play out. Um, so, Unless you're a professional athlete and you have money to spend and you are interested even in, you know, like one hundredths of percent of improvement of in your athletic performance, unless any of that is true and you can really spend money on some sophisticated genetic analysis, I would not spend any money on uh, trying to figure out what athletic uh, performance potential you have on a genetic level because it's not going to tell you much. And uh, from the data, for example, Example that they gathered uh, in precision nutrition, where I studied fitness and sport, uh, sports nutrition, uh, they say that the correlation between the best genetic makeup of people who, for example, are better designed, quote unquote, for um, endurance training or running, uh, and people who are better designed for sprints, well, the uh, correlation of those people who actually succeeded that sport and loved that sport is not that huge. You know, it's like 50-50. And uh, uh, you can be a great endurance uh, marathon runner having the genes of a sprinter if you started training as a marathon runner and you spend quite a lot of time doing that. So the most important thing is still training. Uh, and genetic potential uh, is not as important as your training when you were a kid. And also, uh, genetic potential, nobody really knows how that genetic potential exactly influences your capacity to become a certain kind of athlete. And also, guys, there is no such thing as golfer gene or tennis player gene or basketball um, player gene. <laughs> it's just uh, certain, I mean... Sport is a complex skill. There are different tools, there are different uh, skills and modalities that you need to develop uh, as an athlete to become great at certain sport. And only when they all come together to the best of their uh, potential, only then you can you can become number one and you can become world class athlete, Olympic level uh, athlete, and that. Just, it's a gamble. You never know, and nobody knows, and no genetic test can tell you who you're going to be or what, what you're going to even like or what you're going to be better at. So don't waste your money on that just yet. You know, in the future, when we know more about our genes and our and how they interact with the environment and what kind of genes and genes combinations can give us certain, uh, better abilities at certain sports, uh, then yeah, then uh, it might make sense to, for example, do genetic testing of your kid when they're youngest and, and start training there in, in several kinds of sports that are more genetically better, uh, are genetically better for for, the, for that particular gene combination. But as for right now, um, it's really 
a waste of money and time. And unless you are, you know, you're curious and just want to see what our genetic testing has to uh, tell you about your ability to become a better athlete, a certain kind of athlete. But then you also want to do the research on that particular genetic testing company because different companies do uh, different testing and they do not all test for the same things and they do not do the analysis for the same things. So one company may focus indeed more on sports and athletic performance when it comes to genetic testings and one company can focus on something else. So what I want you also to understand is uh, Companies who do genetic testing, they do not do the same kind of genetic testing. So it's not like blood work that you go to a certain lab and you tell them, I need my uh, you know, fasting blood glucose or my uh, extended blood lipid panel and the lab will know what to do. When it comes to genetic testing, it's like basically uh, every company decides what that company wants to do and they do certain testing, certain analysis and provide you certain data with certain insights and analysis and maybe actionable steps. So each company is different. Do research and most importantly, read feedback of other people. And that's how you know what's this particular company company's genetic testing is best for. So that's it for today, guys. Exercise, athletic performance, and genetic testing. Again, what matters more than what genes you have is what sports you did as you were uh, a kid, how active athletically you were as a kid, and what kind of sports you enjoyed doing and you've been doing for longer periods of time, and what kind of physique and health you want to have as an athlete. Uh, You know, maybe there's a recruiter recreational athlete or a professional athlete, that all matters much more than your genetics. Again, I want to emphasize that thought that genetics, it's like a blueprint. It's like a plan of your body. And your body chooses, quote unquote, to develop, uh, not because of the plan you have, but because of your actions that you take of the environment that you exist and environment that influences the genetic expression of your genes. And that's why we humans are so different because of differences in our lifestyle, in our environment, in what we do when we are kids, in what we do uh, most of our life. And that what matters more than what genes, what particular genes we have. That's it for today, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Tomorrow, we will talk about either about sleep with a sleep scientist who uh, helps with artificial intelligence, with um, sounds and uh, other environmental modalities to uh, help, help people to sleep better. Or we will talk about cannabis-infused drinks and other products that are on the market already designed to make you feel better at peace and more chilled, literally. (laughs) So stay tuned. It's going to be interesting. And as usual, till next time, eat better daily.